0: yo what's up what's up welcome back to no class podcast the podcast that has unfiltered conversations about everything we did not learn in school we are unsafe but we are safe anthony j how are you today first i need
1: you to start off the intro with a french accent because chantel <laughs> just came fresh off so i'm gonna need you to do that again <laughs>
0: <laughs> Zuby, zoo um i don't know what the <laughs> <laughs> what does that french say no i'm not gonna do that
1: That's gonna do. <laughs> too late it's too late, it's too
0: late. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for talking about that i actually did just come back from france celebrating my birthday and i had a great time um i don't, I don't think anybody follows me from n- no class on social media but if you do what? you might have saw some stuff I'm just saying, like, I will not be on there like that to just be, like, posting, you know? Oh, I'll goodness. post, like, a birthday, maybe a little vacation here and there. But, like, I'm boring. So, I mean, if you follow me, good for you. Like, you got you got stamina to keep up with this one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Anthony. Jay, what's going on with you?
1: Yes. Uh, February is busy, per usual, but good busy. Um, you know, I love, you know, February is my favorite month because January, depression, and so once you're out of there you get into the February, I'm like, I'm good. The rest of the 11 months, I'm good if I can get out of January. So it's busy, but a good busy though. So
0: Okay. Okay. You've been feeling like productive. Like how have you been feeling overall though?
1: Yeah. Kind of like, um, I always stack stuff for February. So I got like a conference that I got to finish. Um, for a presentation for um got a couple um things i need to do for the black business blast that no class is doing again this year um so yeah there's stuff that's moving and going so it's productive and it's fun stuff it's all stuff that I like i'm not complaining not complaining at all so
0: this guy over here is so busy i'm so happy he graced no class podcast today because we Get wouldn't have been here, man. oh my goodness it's the other way around
1: because chantel is working <laughs> through a clone, so
0: yeah i'm trying man all that partying just got me. So, <laughs> but I'm so happy that we are recording this episode and we actually have a new substitute teacher today. Whenever you're ready, please introduce yourself and let us know how you got to know Class Podcast.
2: Well, thank you for having me, first of all. But my name is Hakeem, uh, Hakim Masadi. I am a counselor, uh, social worker, um, and my private practice is called Beyond Living. And that's a space where I create or help to create a space of authenticity, whether that's through individual counseling, workshops, group work, um, because I think it's so important for us to really be ourselves. And so, so often we don't know who we are because we're navigating different opinions and different, so many different things that, you know, hinder us from really getting to who we are. So my role in life, I feel like, is to just be authentic and create those different spaces. And so how I got here is through Anthony J. Uh, the invitation came, and I'm excited about the conversation today.
0: He already preaching, y'all. Y'all heard that. <laughs> 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 so
2: yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here, though.
1: Yeah, this has been a long time of us talking about stuff and being like, that's a convo. That's a convo. And we finally were like, here's, here we go. We're going to do this one. We're going to move with this specific lane. So
0: I love that you are here. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Um, so before we get into the episode, we would like to ask the question, the opening question and, uh, the opening question today would be what's a toxic trait or practice that you?" have changed or are working to change um do you guys have any toxic traits that you want to reveal to the classmates you got any secrets
1: <laughs> I can go first um so there was a tiktok that I saw probably the beginning of the year and it was the it was one and this girl's is like oh yeah I can cut you off I can easily cut people off or whatever and I'm like yeah, that sounds pretty stupid now. <laughs> like After watching it, it was like, okay, there's a point in my life in which I needed to be able to do that and cut people off. But clearly it is a defense mechanism because of previous triggers and trauma. And it's like leading with that and saying it like it is like a something to brag about. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't need to be saying that no more and need to be working on that. So that's mine. Dang. So I should have went first. Cause
0: that's right. oh, is. Is. <laughs> oh, my because that's all mine. It right. is. Oh, my goodness.
3: Because
2: that's mine.
0: I'm glad both of y'all went first because I still proudly do this and I didn't <laughs> realize how toxic it was. So look at that. <laughs> no, we all I mean, cutting I mean, people, I mean, people <laughs> off. Yeah, I mean, some people just cut off. Sometimes so, you whatever. gotta
1: be sense of happy.
0: Mm, yeah yeah you're right well I mean honestly I was gonna say my toxic trait was joining Facebook groups but y'all know that like whatever <laughs> <laughs> no biggie um <laughs> you in these um, Facebook
3: groups
0: no one well another toxic trait that I have um that a lot of people probably don't realize may be toxic but if I say it they'll be like mm, damn or they probably have realized it but like you know just sharing wise, but one toxic trait that I have is that, um, I have judged people and I still am trying to navigate my way around judging people for, um, doing things that I would be ashamed of. of. Um, Mm. and an example of that would be, um, let's say for instance, you know, February is the month of love. Okay. Um, we have people who are really, really probably wanting Valentine's Day um, to have like a companion or a partner or any romantic or intimate connection to um, be on that specific day. Now, my toxic trait would be wanting that, but like not saying that I want it, not owning up to the fact that I would want that, but not only that, but I would also be like, dang, like looking at that person like you kind of desperate for even saying that. So I will admit that it is a toxic trait that I have that I am navigating the space on and working myself on and um along with whatever you two guys just said that I won't repeat because we know it's the truth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good but, yeah. one though, and you know. You should probably want to change that. But while you are not wanting to change that, I'll laugh at you at those people. I'll laugh with you, you know. It's just, it's yeah. Like toxic bad because I like laughing at the people too. So.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, listen, we can all be toxic together. We're <laughs> another toxic podcast.
1: <laughs> he's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hakeem, get us. Whip us in the shape real quick. Come on. <laughs> Call us out. Smack us on the hand real quick.
2: That is too funny. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys for your participation i appreciate that
1: <laughs> uh but anyway as you all can can tell that um we're gonna have a conversation and this episode is called built my relationship on trauma and so um yeah mental health and all of the language and the lingo that's being used around it and around therapy has become a lot more mainstream Um, And a lot of folks are able to point out and say, oh, this is toxic or this is trauma and all this stuff. But we wanted to have a convo with Hakeem about um, how do we do more than just kind of identify and point and shame um, or just say this is the way I am and it's just stuck like this. And um, I wanted to talk about the different type of ways that we build relationships. On trauma. And so I wanted to start with, <laughs> I think probably the most popular example in my life, and then pass it over to, to you, Hakeem, for your thoughts. Um is the example of folks being like, oh yeah, my parents used to beat me too. They used to use like a belt or extension cord. They'd be like, Me too. And it's like. I don't think, y'all shouldn't be talking about this out loud in this way. This is like a very trauma-based um, type of experience. And so I think there's those that we get from folks that might be like building friendship. We also think about building relationships in toxic ways with significant others. And so um, are there, I guess, as the starter, um, what do you kind of define as this is the starting of a toxic relationship that's being built or are these things just kind of like, I don't know, norms and like still healthy in a way, or how would you
2: so, so I think that it, it it's normal, right? Because we do have shared traumas and shared shame and and things. But when it's built on that, I think it gets tricky because we almost like bond over that, right? We 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 commiserate over that together rather than it being rooted in love or rooted in fun or rooted in authenticity right now it becomes we we bond over that and we start laughing and sharing and that becomes the relationship's identity
3: mm-hmm. and i
2: think that's where it gets tricky because if my if our relationship and it, the identity of it is trauma at what point do we heal
3: mm-hmm. at
2: what point do we talk about the the dreams and in, in actual you know the things that make us happy and bring us joy versus talking and being shady to one another or talking and we're judging other people and you know we're not really moving forward in life together because we don't have this this we never gave the space for that to to breathe right we're just Mm -hmm. laughing at the talk, the toxic shit in life we can curse right
0: oh yeah. hell yeah okay, <laughs> okay good <laughs> I love what you said though because I I actually just had a conversation with one of my friends um she is a coworker of mine and she was having a conversation with a, f- a friend of hers that she knew a while ago longer time ago and this person is older than me but she was talking about um, the relationship and how she that de- she didn't say that there was a change in their relationship but based on what she told me I could tell um, and what you said I came like resonated right away with me and that example of her because she was talking about how her friend always talks about other people who you um, my my friend knew in like a previous life when she was you know experiencing like a really traumatic time in her life like battling depression battling like bouts of like alcoholism and things of that nature and um you know her friend like she my friend had a really huge accomplishment um she did some like a really big thing for her and her family recently that a lot of people were celebrating and congratulating her on, but, um, she had a conversation with that friend and that friend never offered her a congratulations, never offered her anything, um, that would make her feel like I'm celebrating you, but instead opted to tear her down. And she was just like, I've feel like I have to come to terms with the fact that like our friendship has to end because I can't believe she did that like she was really really hurt she said even to the point where she cried a little because she was like this is my friend for this long time and she never celebrated me and I never really noticed how she didn't celebrate me and here's the kicker here's what she said she was like because I always felt like my friend was better than me or something to that nature and I was like really you really thought that? And she was like, yeah, like, I think she thought that. And I felt that too, that she was better than me in some way. And I feel like she thinks it's a competition for us. And I was like, that's not your friend. And, you know, if that's how, I was like, I would never think that my friends are lower than me or demoralize my friends in that nature any, anyway. But also I was never raised to do that to any human being you know? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I had that conversation with her. And when we were finished our conversation, she was like, you know, thank you so much. Like you always speak life into me and things of that nature. And I was like, I'm glad because I want to show you not just, I want to show you, but like, I understand what true friendship is. I know what love means. And I don't speak to nobody that I care about in hateful terms that makes you feel like you're not, you know, like you don't deserve to be in spaces with other people who are like-minded or who are not like-minded, whatever. But um, that just made me, like what you said, it it made me realize that story resonated with that because um, though she had this friend for probably like 15 years, 10, 15 years, you know, no matter the quantity of their relationship, the quality of it was built on that sort of trauma bonding. And, um, you know, I don't, let me just be quiet because I know low, you know, I know social no, the therapist or nothing, but it was built on those negative aspects of their friendship, where they competed with each other to kind of like tear other people down and like laugh about it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just, I I know that there are other people like that because she is a, a older woman, you know, and we're in, you know, we're in an age bracket where we're looking at that now. And we're just like, people still do that. You know, you would think that that goes with a certain age of maybe like, being a child but the lack of maturity it 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 can sometimes like run with you throughout any age and um I had to like really be mindful of that because I know that my friends and my loved ones um I haven't experienced that sort of pain um being celebrated amongst each other in my spaces um probably since I was younger so yeah I just wanted to add that
2: yeah, but I think for some, that's a norm, right? That's actually how we bond, right? Laughing and joking and, and cracking jokes on people. and But at a certain point, it, do we evolve, right? And so it's in that evolution that I feel like we we get to see, oh, my friend didn't evolve. My friend didn't grow. Like I've been working and hustling and you know, trying to get this emotional intelligence under under wraps and you know, maturity and and going after dreams and really pursuing life, creating the life that I want, other people in in life, you realize, oh, they're not doing the same thing. Right. And so that mind my business and drink my water thing is like, yes. And well, what's going on with my friend? How do I? How do I create the space for us to be really honest with each other? And like, are we growing together? Are you evolving? Are you Are you going after those things? But, but sometimes it's it's not. We're stuck in the the those um, trauma responses. We're not really honest with ourselves in addressing some of the the trauma that we've been through. And we could have went through the trauma together. But here I am trying to address some of this trauma, and you're not. And the jokes they're not funny no more. They're not hitting.
1: And so I want to take this and and swap it out for friends, which in my opinion is probably easier to be like, well, then the friendship is not there anymore and insert family. Right. Mm. And the family oftentimes has a longer history of our trauma has been through that with us. And it's not as easy as being like, this friendship is over. This is family and the jokes aren't hitting no more, or I'm a different person. And even though, you know, everything about how I was wild in my teenage years like I'm a different person and this relationship isn't serving me anymore. How are you, um, how do you suggest people kind of like navigate that? How much of that is self-work? How much is it conversation with family members? All of that. So the the the
2: conversation piece, I think we can put a pin there. Because I, I think that that takes a little more teasing out. Of like, when do I have the conversation? Should I have the conversation? Um, the first word that comes to my mind when we're talking about family is boundaries. Because family, and especially in our community, black and brown people, like family is everything for some, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going anywhere, right? We're going back to we're going back home for holidays where I'ma see that cousin, I'ma see that uncle, I'ma see these people. And so how do I remain safe in an unsafe environment? Sometimes it's either not going or whatever the boundary looks like. It it could be not talking to them at all. It could be having a window of time of talking. Uh, It could be whatever makes you feel safe and secure, right? Because you are evolving and you are changing and you you don't laugh at the same things. You, you're trying to address the 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 trauma that was probably in the, within the family, mm-hmm. right? That looks like boundary setting. And I think the the part that we don't talk enough about is the guilt that we feel when setting boundaries.
3: Mm.
0: And Give me church hand Anthony, go ahead. <laughs> <Do that.
2: laughs>
0: Give me <him> that hand.
2: <laughs> the, and the guilt because how often is. It, Guilt and fear reign the family, right? Guilt and fear is like, oh no, I gotta make these decisions because I don't want to make mom upset, or I don't want to, I don't want to make you know nana upset. And you don't know how many more days I got left, <laughs> <laughs> right? Those words, those guilt trips, it's like, come on, nana, we don't need you. Ain't got to do all that, right? <laughs> but I think to to speak to it and just highlight it and acknowledge it does great service for people to say, I don't this this guilt doesn't belong to me. Mm. this is something that is being put on to manipulate for other people to feel good and so i may have to sit with this discomfort but understanding that this this the the discomfort doesn't last a
3: long time Mm. and so what do i need in order for me to move on without the guilt does that make sense it does it does
1: Mm. Go ahead, Chantal.
0: I mean, just going back to our opening question and talking about, you know, our toxic trait of cutting people off or, you know, just, I, I mean, I feel like what you just said and what we talked about as our toxic trait, like there is a fine line for that. Like, I feel like one one half is like abandonment, you know, and the other half is like, okay like I have given chance benefit of the doubt opportunity for growth I have tried to nurture this relationship a little longer but this cannot work for me any longer you Mm -hmm. know and so I, I find it interesting um because I still like of course like I don't think of myself in that space as toxic but I still find it hard to find a fine balance between if I am trying to nurture the relationship for betterment and then assert a boundary to end it or if I'm like in the in like participating in abandonment um what do you say to that? So I, I think the
2: boundary setting is actually in more in alignment with the betterment of the relationship automatically because it, there's a level of intention of i'm I'm trying to love me at the same time of loving you. Whereas defense mechanism, whereas the cutting, the trait of cutting off, you know, cutting off the relationship so quick is connected to a level of protection, but it's connected to fear. Or it's connected to abandonment or it's connected to the trauma of like, I'm trying to avoid the abandonment. So let me cut you off before you have the opportunity to cut me off. All of that is connected to fear, whereas the boundary is connected to I'm trying to love me at the same time of loving you wherever you are meeting you at your capacity, right? Your capacity, I for so long, I thought your capacity was this, but now I'm realizing, oh no, sweets, it's this, right? If I'm trying to give you, oh, I thought you was an eight out of 10, but <laughs> showed you a four, let me set the boundary to respect your four.
0: Does that make sense? Man, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> that that is beautiful, that is beautiful. um, I love what you said the- like this is no longer my capacity, you know, and you're meeting someone where they are versus mm-hmm. like avoidance because that that to me like that was my trick, the avoidance p- portion. I couldn't really deal with the emotional um i guess aspects of like really trying to dig into why I wanted to cut off it was straight like. Oh no, moving on and I know I've I've there have been people that I've hurt because of that, but I was also in pain myself and I used it as a way to resemble or to pretend that I was stronger than I actually was. So, I I love what you said. That that was amazing. Thank you.
1: And I want to say that we're talking about it we're talking about the other people, right? And so the switching it on ourselves <laughs> when it's us that's exercising something that is toxic, something that is unhealthy. Um, what is, I guess, some of the check-in and accountability measures that you talk to your clients about. Um Because we always talk about how it's not fair for our friends to always call us out or somebody else to notice something. There should be some type of thing that we are doing to notice and being able to check ourselves shouldn't be the responsibility of everybody in our community. And so what are things that you try to help people that may not have that self-awareness because that's hard to begin to build and know that. I think it's starts with vulnerability and truth
2: being honest with yourself so often we're not honest with ourselves we and because there's with being honest with ourselves there's a level of discomfort right and we're avoiding shame we're avoiding our own judgment and so we'll just move on and not really lean into that self-awareness people are aware people are more aware than we we give them credit it's i'm just trying to suppress my awareness mm. I am not trying to acknowledge this. and so we'll we'll move on. we'll we'll keep the front going. we'll we'll do all the things so I don't sit in the the my dislike for myself, right or the the dislike for the parts of me. Uh, you know, the the song the ugly parts of me, that I don't like those parts, those shadowy parts that parts I'm embarrassed about. And so I think it's important to be honest and vulnerable with yourself. And that's where we can look at, okay, what do we want to change, right? But we have to also understand awareness alone doesn't change behavior. We got a bunch of people who are self-aware, know that they're toxic, know that they have these traits, know that they have these behaviors, and will still do it with awareness.
0: I know, right? Because I'm perfect. Like, you can't (laughs) tell me nothing. (laughs) But honestly, there are people who think that like okay like like the example that I want to give um is people who are just like I'm just being honest or you know something like that and it's just like okay honesty cool brutality the maliciousness that comes with it the lack of tact that comes with it there is a fine line you cannot just be honest without care you know and I love that you said that came because um I do feel like there are a lot of people and myself included i'm not abstaining from any of this behavior but it took me a very long time to really get into a space like a a quiet space where i really wanted to work on myself and ask questions of the people around me to see how i made them feel and what things i could do for myself to be better not only for myself and to love myself more but to show the people that i love that i love them um so that that's a that's a huge piece. That's a huge piece.
2: So there was a, a quote from a movie. I forget the name of it. If I find it by, before we end, I'll, I'll say it. But he said, it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth.
3: Mm.
2: And to me, so often we have people who are like, I'm just being honest. I'm just keeping it 100. I'm just keeping it. And you're, you're not thinking about the person. You're not thinking about the environment. You're not thinking about the room. And with, with that, to me, that speaks to, do we have empathy? Like in, in this space, do we have empathy? Because yes, you're being honest, but did you care of how I was going to take that? Did you care it, it, to think about if that would land and I would actually receive it? Because you being honest and it's mean, how's that helping me? Because I'm not, all my walls are up, right? The defenses are up. And so taking that, taking that ownership of thinking before we speak, right? Or even thinking about, do I need to say this right now? I think is is also a part of that self-awareness. And, and because you again, you could have the insight, but does that change anything? And I think to to I think it takes courage to take ownership of yourself. Mm. I think it takes, it takes, there's a level of bravery to be like, you know what, I do want to change some things. I do want to, you know, look at, take inventory and see where I want to evolve and change and grow. But, you know, that it's so easy to keep doing the, the same pattern behaviors in trauma responses versus actually sitting still and sitting with yourself and really reflecting like,
3: this ain't it.
1: Um, I know that one of the answers to this is you know, hit up Hakeem, (laughs) but what are, what do folks do if they're like, I'm trying to hold myself accountable. I'm trying to have different patterns and the people around me aren't feeling the same way. Like they're, they're fine with living in the toxic chaos that they're living in, but I'm trying to make changes and better habits for myself. Um, And so, like I said, one of them would be hit up Hakeem and (laughs) start making appointments with Hakeem, but like, what else would you suggest for folks that are like I feel like I'm alone in this I'm the only one who wants to make the change I'll speak from my own my
2: own life an example I was doing a lot of reading on self-help books and and I knew that where I was in life wasn't where I wanted to be if that makes any sense and because that because there was this incongruence I wanted to go seeking. And so in seeking, I came across these books. I came across podcasts. I was on Oprah Super Soul Sunday a podcast every week, taking notes, driving. And it, like, it, was, it was definitely a thing, but it helped me toil the soil of my own life around, okay, so what do you want? Mm-hmm. And so in asking what I actually wanted, I went out and started seeking it. It came in the form of friendships. It came in the form of relation, like romantic relationships. It came in the form of setting boundaries and 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 various things and finding a therapist to really talk some of this stuff out. But it it shifted from what I don't want to what I actually want, mm. and that made a huge difference in my quest of seeking out life's answers or what what you know what I actually wanted in my life because instead of dodging what I didn't want, I made conscious decisions of to, to attain what I actually wanted. So that came in the form of books, that came in the form of therapy, that came in the form of podcasts, that came in the form of uh, talking to family, talking to my mom, talking, oh, not so much my dad, but talking to my mom about some things that, you know, I didn't understand. Why do you make these decisions? And in, in while we were growing up, why did you do that? Or what happened here? things that I couldn't answer at nine years old I couldn't ask at nine years old now that I'm a good 25 I can ask these questions and it come from a respectful place versus a judgmental place but I think asking yourself what do you want in life and then okay so what do I need in order for me to to get it it could be processing it could be you know changing my friend circle
3: mm.
1: Yeah, one, I think kind of like my last question on this track, I have other questions, but the last one on like this track is, I remember, I've had a couple of times in recent years where people were like, oh, gaslighting, I didn't know what that was. And now that I see that, that's been happening to me. Oh, triggering, like having the language to be able to identify these experiences and folks be like, oh, that's what's going on with me like in my relationship right now with my partner or or with friends um what I guess is the um slow walk or process that you recommend when we all are like oh I just realized it just hit me like a ton of bricks I'm experiencing this or I'm in that situation right now and I wasn't able to figure out or put a name to it but I knew that this thing felt uncomfortable I knew that like this did not feel right and I'm saying this for folks who might be listening right now they're like wait is that relationship built on trauma or is some of this toxic because I just thought that it was like normal um what happens when you have that like that wake up moment and it's like I have had this friendship, this family member in my life for like so long, and that can be kind of like um, overwhelming to be like, well, I don't even know where to start. I can't imagine them not being in my life, um, but I also feel like they're unhealthy and they should not be there. Yeah, I think just
2: processing that. Uh, I think that by itself is healing, right? Because so often we don't process it. We don't even think about it, right? So how, you're in your example. We've been going and dating or having this family member around, and we weren't even thinking about it. It was very normal to be manipulated. It was very normal to feel like I was the bad guy. It was very normal, right? And so now we have this aha moment, and to think about it from a, a place of, do I want this person in my life? can actually be pivotal because now you're giving yourself permission to actually think about this. You're giving yourself permission to actually make a conscious decision. Of do I want this to change? Mm-hmm. And in that space alone, you give yourself so much power, right? So in, in that, you make the decision. What do you want? Do you want this relationship, or do you you don't want it? To, you don't want the relationship. Now to say like it'll change tomorrow, that might not happen, mm-hmm. right? But the fact that you're thinking, do I want this relationship? No, I don't want the relationship. Now it's like, okay, what do I need in order for me to move on from the relationship? I need support. I need uh, a loving family. I need. I may need to be honest and truthful with uh, some people in my life, so they can. I can get that support that I need. All right. So often we're we not. We don't give people a chance to support us because we we don't. We're not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. So being honest with yourself, understanding that you questioning this, you interrogating this relationship, is power and by in of itself.
3: Mm-hmm. Now now what do we want to do with this?
0: I love that. You I love what you said about when you're you know, when you're not being vulnerable with these people, like you don't give them a chance to really like I guess step up to engage in the way that you what were, were wanting to see in the first place. I've experienced that. I know my friends have, and um we have we have times in our friendship where we kind of check each other on it and be like, hey, like, I know you're strong. I know you can do this and you got it. whoop whoop But like, you clearly are in a space where you're in need and you're, you're not asking for it, but can I help you? And then, you know, I've had friends fight me on it and I'm like, okay, I'm here if you need me. And then I've had friends just say, you know what, thank you. Thank you for showing me this because now um you know like instead of me being like well these people don't care about me and blah 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 like I'm gonna actually give them a chance to show up in a way for me that I didn't expect because I wrote them off in the first place so I, I love that um Anthony J do you have any more questions because I don't have any more
2: can I just add one more thing to that I think the 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 thought process and the things that or trending on check on your strong friends it really bothers me okay because it it does it i won't go on i won't get on the soapbox I, what i want to do oh, go is, on is,
0: it oh please <laughs> soapbox it up because there there is some there is some some like derogatory nature towards that as well and yeah. go ahead speak on it because the opposite
2: of that is i'm the weak friend and we don't we don't like that, right? That doesn't that doesn't sit well. That that upsets me and my homegirls. Like we don't, we don't like that. You I am not the weak friend, or and I don't want to be the the strong friend, right? Uh-huh. So the campaign that I want to do and push forward is how do we normalize vulnerability within a friend group? Period. That's normalize
0: it. vulnerability, period
2: that's it because if I if I see you and you're struggling or emotional or whatever it is it's so normal for me to check on you you open up you're not mm-hmm. seeming as the strong friend you don't want to pretend that you're the strong friend or you got this together or you got you know you don't need any support that's not even that's we're not even built like that
3: mm-hmm.
2: so how do we normalize vulnerability better
0: break it down Hakeem you better break it down he would not even want to speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> so much of what you're saying,
1: though, is centered from um, a place of power for the person, like a place of power, a place of choice um, in, in the decision-making that I often feel like gets moved from the cavo. It's just like you just got dealt this ha- hand and you got to deal with it or like this is what your current situation is now because these unfortunate circumstances happen and now you got to move through it. And I, I love in this conversation, the always having the choice in it, always having the power and the decision making that I think then leaves us to continue to feel like victims mm-hmm. and be like, well, there is only but so much that I can do in this. Mm-hmm. Um that's what's running through my head right now, yeah.
2: Yeah, because so, so often we, we fall into the patterns, right? We fall into the conditioning, we fall into the trauma responses. And in those moments, fear makes decisions for us. Rather than us being in that seat of our own power and making our choices and being the creator of our lives. Yes, we get dealt with these, these different experiences and situations, but I think it leaves little room for us to make those decisions from a conscious place, an intentional place. We can recognize the fear, we can recognize the trauma, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to unfold that way, primarily because we know what it's going to do. We've seen this before. It's a pattern for a reason, right? We we witnessed this with family, with whoever. And so, at at what point do we want to do something different if we want something
3: different we have to do something different Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm. talking that good shit talking that good shit
1: (laughs) so Hakeem for for you what is being left on the table that we have not discussed yet or haven't touched on or if there's another soapbox that's like because this could be a whole nother episode but the whole thing about doing therapy via social media <laughs> can be a whole different soapbox and a whole different episode but like what have we not touched on that wouldn't make this episode feel complete
2: um I, I think
1: language is important
2: how we talk about something is often how we think about something right and we sometimes we don't we're not even aware of how we think about it because so much of it is on the subconscious but if we pay attention to how we think about it it can actually reflect on how we how we Talk about it. We can reflect how we think about it. So, I think another campaign that I love to get on is change the language. Right. So, toxic behaviors. It is yes. We're we're aware of toxic behaviors, right? But I think there's a connection to stigma and shame that has to do with identity that we want to interrupt. Right. The toxic behaviors come from something. They're probably trauma responses. Right. And so let's name it and let's identify the trauma response. And then you get the power of saying, do I want to respond this way? Does that make sense? So, I think the language is like a low-hanging fruit that's connected to stigma and connected to mental health. And so how do we de destigmatize some of this? That way we can actually look at it from a place of empathy, but also a place of healing. Yeah. Your eyebrow raised. So let me let me, I want to hear what you have to say.
1: You're talking about she Tell or me? You, Anthony. So, I'm trying to figure out then, what do we call it? What do we name it? And I hear what you're saying. Like, I want to, okay, let me say this first. That does require the want or the desire to see the full person and doing that reframing of that. And so, that is a first, and that everybody isn't willing to do that. You just want to be like the toxic, that's the bad person, the end. I don't want to, um, also kind of like balance the scale with what else is going on with them um but go ahead that doesn't excuse the behavior mm-hmm. right that just
2: gives me insight on like it gives me context i'm not trying to change you i'm not trying to i'm not trying to be with you i'm not trying to any of that it just gives me context cuz so often we take it personal this ain't got shit to do with me Mm. This is a trauma response from somebody's baby mother, or your your mother, or your uncle, whoever that you never dealt with it. It's unresolved, therefore I can't take that on as my I- issue. So often we take it personal, and it's like, oh, this person gaslight, ma- manipulate up with all the other things and all the other terms. I ain't got shit to do with me. That is something that you haven't resolved and that you haven't dealt with. Do I am I invested enough to go on the journey with you? That's that's a separate conversation what I'm thinking is how do we change the language to create empathy in a way that's like, I see the full person. This has nothing to do with me. This doesn't belong to me. This also isn't mine to manage. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's where I'm coming from.
0: Well, that makes me that, that kind of brings into a connection of what I talked about for my toxic trait the shame or the judgment that I feel towards other people, um, you know, for things that I may not necessarily like be super proud of or, you know, for, for them or for myself, like, I'll be like, why would I do that? Couldn't be me. You know, um, I feel like that is a direct connection to that because I wouldn't say that unless I felt like if somebody would have tested me or tried me in a certain way like i would have handled it completely differently and then judge you for not handling it the way that i said i would handle it or mm-hmm. the way that i felt like i would handle it you know mm-hmm. and um i i think that is hand in hand with changing the language um especially because when you see or you hear about people doing things that it may it may seem completely crazy or whatever but this is their reality this is their life and who like what right do you have to you know sit there and judge them for that pain or for that experience that they've had when that is their individual experience and you may not be able to um empathize with that because that might not be your experience but mm-hmm. that does not mean that that experience should not be validated you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um i i i like that a lot because um that's some of the work that I am working on myself. You know, I've been looking up Brene Brown and all her little shame work and stuff. And just just talking, just having conversations with myself about, like, why am I so struck by this thing about someone else and they ain't got nothing to do with me?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. like, OK, if, if I feel that connected to something, an experience I ain't never had before, like, what work do I need to do for myself? Why do I feel like that? You know? So um that that resonated with me. I ain't gonna hold you. Like that mm. that that made me feel a connection. So Anthony J, what else do you have to say about that? Or do you have I'm anything? still
1: thinking about that? I'm still stuck on the language part. And I am thinking about it in a different way because putting these labels on it does draw the line in the sand, right? It's oftentimes like, oh, this person likes the gaslight or whatever. So it's then like they need to be over there. And like, also, part of our defenses is this, like, they need to be out here because they're on like this bad part. They do this thing that like is not healthy and they don't deserve to be in relationship over here. Like, then we over here are the healthier folks are the better folks. And by putting the label, it's like they are distance or something. That's also like a defenseness. That's what I'm thinking about. And then it's hard to be able to, it's then they're thrown away or if i decide that i want to engage with them it's like oh i feel like being toxic today and okay. so like it's a label of like well then i'll co- go ahead and cross the line and go over there today but it's like uh it still is a um in some way i am higher or more emotionally intelligent than them oh and um yeah i'm still connecting it that's a defense mechanism okay. i feel
0: like in correct me if I'm wrong I feel like what you're saying is if this person's a gaslighter they're bad and then you know you would judge them and be like well I'm a good person I don't do the gaslighting and that person doesn't need to have any other attention or whatever from me or like am I is that right or
1: it's that yeah it's like well I was just gonna say for for me it's a oh they're gaslighting, they're the person that gaslights or like toxic in whatever type of way. I then choose, oh, is it a level of toxicity that I can deal with and continue to engage with or is it too much? And if it's too much and it's not worth it, I'm not saying that that boundary shouldn't be there that it's like, I don't be in relationship with them, but I also will be like, and they are thrown away. Okay. And then there's times where it's like, I see certain traces of this I choose to still be in relationship, friendship or whatever with you. And when I'm ready to like lean in and be a little bit more lean into that a little bit more than I will, but the door is closed on, um, us being in a fully healthy relationship together oh, because okay. I've already classified and see those traits. And so it's like, you can only get us so far. That makes sense to
3: me though.
0: Okay.
2: I think the the part that I, what I see society do is because this person has these traits or these behaviors, that's the entire person.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Like Kanye West or somebody like that.
2: Yeah. And I think that does a disservice for us, one, being in in community, right? Like there's a lot of othering that happens there. But if I can recognize and identify that you have these traits behaviors that don't align with me or where I'm going I could still be in company with you but that means you're not in my inner circle
0: yeah mm. I, I get what I I get with you're you're saying Hakeem um because the way I would deal with that is I would make that boundary you know that that behavior is not acceptable to myself and like if that's something that you choose to do moving forward then you know we can't be a, we can't be in spaces with each other, and it's not it's not a black and white answer. This is the gray, you know. I would love to give you space to show up for me in a way that is healthy for me. But if you cannot, then I'm not going to be in spaces with you that are going to make me feel, you know, triggered or make me feel hurt or in, in pain. Like I, I can't always be fight and flight when I'm in my in your company, you know. Mm-hmm. so it's not for me that's not a throwaway but that is an opportunity for all parties to step up and claim the responsibility of their actions and their behaviors and to say okay i love you i'm willing to go back to the drawing board and figure out how we could still be in space with each other
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. okay I'm done for the. I'm done with my questions. Good. I'm not gonna take us on another road. How about you all?
0: I mean, that was good. Um, I don't have any any other questions. Um, Hakeem, do you have any questions for us? Hmm. Uh
3: oh. Take it back. Take it back. Wait a minute. (laughs)
2: Um, I I think much of this conversation, especially when it came to our toxic traits, right? How often do we utilize our emotions to give us insight and awareness
3: and make use of it versus suppressing it or ignoring them? Mm
0: -hmm. I know for myself, I'm working out of the suppression. Suppression has been a big part of my story. Mm you know, I've been on this earth for over 30 years, like suppre- suppression has been a big part of my story. So it's going to take a while for me to work that out. I've gone and sat in a therapist chair, you know, and did my did, did work there. And then I continued to do the work on my own. And, you know, if I choose to go back to therapy and enter that next stage where I'm working on it, but it's going to be, that's like a lifelong thing for me, because that's been a long part of my story, especially emotional suppression um from the people around me who you know that was survival for them mm-hmm. um and that I thought it was survival for me mm-hmm. but it wasn't and I'm I'm reflecting on things and it wasn't survival for me like I've had I've had some good cushion in my life where I haven't had to suppress my vulnerability but I've done it because that's what I emulated in you know the people in my life so mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's still a journey for me. I'm not completely healed in a healed space from that, but um, I work through it and I walk through it. And this is a, a big step for me to even admit, like I'm on this journey of like not suppressing. So mm-hmm.
2: I mean, shout out to your vulnerability.
0: Okay. She's been doing her thing. Thank you.
1: <laughs> um, I think that's probably one of the things that i've appreciated the most about single being single in the i don't know how many years it has been now is um i find that my default in being in a relationship and just also times and and also life has slowed down because of covid um but also when i'm busy then there's less time for me to really sit with my emotions and what i'm feeling um And I think that that has been the gift of singlehood for me, that it's like uh, um, I don't feel like I have to keep moving or like quickly respond and give somebody an answer to something that's going on. it's like just to kind of um, appease them or, or comfort them or whatever. I get to do more time and be like, something feels weird about this. Something's going on with me. I need to talk it out. I need to walk it out. I need to whatever. And so I think it is a, um, a new ish practice that I've been loving and appreciating because I feel like there's the way that my life is set up. I have to fake the funk (laughs) a lot less and I'm still trying to figure out like, how is this more of a permanent thing or is it already a permanent thing that I can then say, um, this practice follows, even if my lifestyle changes, even if I'm in a relationship with somebody else. If life is busier, like how do I continue to hold on to this? But because I have a lot more time to talk to myself and and be quiet with myself, then yeah, yeah.
3: Shout out. How about to you? you?
1: Um. Yeah,
2: I just jump right in. And it's it's actually quite annoying. Like I was talking to my my partner and just like explaining some things about feeling a lot. And I think it just comes with awareness and identifying them and how he's like, well, you you, you talk about this all the time. Like you work with people on their emotions. It's like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's annoying. Like it's not annoying <laughs> right. But I think for me, it's practicing what I'm preaching practicing and putting it into place where I, cause it creates a depth in connectivity to community because everyone has emotions, right? And so if I get familiar with them and I don't judge them and I sit as the witness and just experience them, uh, it allows me to be more present and really experience and enjoy life. Even if it is processing those unwanted emotions. Because those, they they come, right? So I think this place in my life now, it's really just respecting my emotions as information. And I can do with them what I want to do with them. And I think for so long, my trauma response in my avoidance was um, avoiding feeling, right? Avoiding the potential to be hurt, avoiding the potential to be rejected, avoiding the potential to be abandoned. And I never, I didn't really connect with people on a deep and meaningful level. And so now even in friendships is being intentional about being present and and giving people a chance to support me and giving people a chance to, to birthday was a couple weeks ago, to be celebrated, right? So that, that in my life right now is directly connected
1: to being aware of emotions. Mm. And thanks for saying that because um something I appreciated about my last therapist he would also be like yeah I'm struggling and working on stuff too and <laughs> you definitely as well and I think that we have in our mind that there is a, a point of the ultimate healing and which is like okay we're good I'm healed on all this stuff and that it's that we're continuing working on it all of us even if you're a professional doing this and um I, I think that gets taken out of the combo too that Sometimes folks are like, I have arrived and reached this hill and I'm higher and mightier than others. Um, but to see you constantly practice, and we have times too where we're like, "Hot, that's funny. But on the real though, let's talk about how that's unhealthy. Like
2: <laughs> Right. Yeah, we know it's unhealthy. Like, come on, bro, homie. You you know that's unhealthy. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> uh, it's a good way to like norm it. And I love that. And yeah.
0: So, i also like what you said when you said respect your feelings as information for someone like me who um i i tend to think of myself as more logical and not necessarily a philly type but um when i do become when i do become emotional whether well I feel like emotional is always tied to negative emotion. But when I become emotional with happy emotion, with negative emotion, um, I it helps me that that is something that i probably use to be like, okay, like these are emotions. What is this telling you? Like, what is this, what is this saying about your environment? What is this saying about you? You know, whatever are you eating well are you drinking well are you getting your rest like what is this thing about your health anything like I don't have to be afraid of emotions because they are information Mm -hmm. period I like that
2: mm -hmm. yeah and it could be as simple as I'm hungry (laughs) like I'm that I'm that I'm that person that's I got attitude I'm a little irritated I'm snippy question, are you hungry? Did you eat today? And there are other times where, and I, I and we didn't move into this yet, but I want to encourage everyone to figure out a way to process emotions, right? So that could be by way of journaling, like we're literally writing. And so pay attention to how you write. If you're writing hard and you you see the pen going through the paper, like okay, we might feel a little bit deeper than what we led on to, right? There was one time I was audio journaling. So everybody has a voice memo on their phone. I realized playing it back, I was screaming in the phone, and I realized, oh, you feel more you, you really cared about this situation mm-hmm. more than I led on to, right? Because I can I can rationalize and psych myself out, but playing it back and listen to the undertones, right, and the the inflection in my voice, it's like, oh no, you really this is a situation that we we really need to do a little
3: di- deeper digging in. Mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, I like this
0: This was a deep episode. I didn't realize. Hakeem tricked me into being deep, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I truly value this, this conversation. It was, it was good, very insightful. Um, gives me a lot of opportunity and space to like redeem the the things that I thought about myself like out loud. Um, because I've expressed this with other people, but just like on this type of platform, it helps me to be like, yeah, like. I'm a human being, you know, like I hurt, you know what I mean? Cool. Like, (laughs) you know, not always cool, but like, yeah, you got feelings and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All
1: right. All right. Well, it is now homework time.
0: Classmates, I hope you took down some good notes for this lesson because it's time for homework.
1: This is the second of the episode where we suggest something for um, you all classmates to read watch uh research whatever that is and so um what homework are we gonna be offering today to our classmates who wants to go first
0: hakeem do you have any homework i do so okay
2: one there's a couple of things um bell hooks there's a book rock my soul and it speaks to the self-esteem of black people Mm -hmm. A lot of things didn't start with us in this present day. A lot of things were passed on intergenerational. And so I think the minute that for me and, and the people that I work with, the people who I work with, if we can realize, oh, this didn't start with me, I can let it go. There's more freedom in saying like, oh, this isn't mine. This is something that was passed down. And so now I get to give myself permission to do something different. First book, uh, Bell Hooks Rock My Soul. The second thing is look up Feelings wheel to identify the emotions. Feelings wheel. Do a quick Google search. An image should come up with um, a plethora of feelings or emotions, and it's helpful in identifying the emotion because that gives you tools uh, and insight on what is going on. Mm-hmm. So I would, and then the the practice of journaling, either writing journaling or audio journaling. So the, those that's the homework that I
0: have. No audio journaling. Okay, because we don't want a whole bunch of angry voices out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my homework is, I mean, if you guys are doing all that journaling and those feelings and things like that, my advice right now in my homework is to get your rest. Um, just as simple as that. Take the time to rest. I know we all have spaces and times where we're grinding or where we're just continuously like moving 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 and we don't stop to like really take things in and like settle so um it's winter time you know the sun isn't out as much as it used to be please take some time to get your rest and to take care of your body whatever you think you are doing do a little bit more to take care of your body and that's my homework
1: um mine is throwback to no class so we have an episode called what about your friends that was released in October 2021 and I didn't realize until we started talking that um this kind of like overlaps that convo some because we were talking about healthy and unhealthy friend relationships and so that's a homework assignment and the other is another No Class episode in the early, early days. I want, I want to be like old school, 2018. Uh, we did an episode on repurposing trauma, and that's where we have Black Cotton on. And um, Black Cotton, um, I forgot the name of the um, guest that we had on, but he talked about using cotton that his family then owned to start making um, more products with that and we talked in the beginning of the shock of like whoa who want to do that with the history of cotton and he really got into how he repurposed that trauma um for it to be a a source of of healing for him and his family so those are my two homework assignments um so you all happy homework time that's some some good stuff that we gave y'all so Chantel well actually Hakeem first do your plugs Where do we find you? How do we connect with you? What are some upcoming things you have? All that stuff. Yeah. So,
2: best way is Instagram or my website. Instagram, uh, the handle is Hakim Asadi underscore H A K I M A S A D I underscore. And there you'll find all the information. So workshops that are coming up, if I'm somewhere else, uh, availability, whatever it is. Instagram is the, the place to go. But then my website, because there's blog, my blog is on there. And then just, if you want to connect and have a, have a conversation. Uh, website is uh, Com. I love Thank the consistency. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, you heard Hakeem plug his social media. Now we're gonna plug ours. If you would like to reach out to No Class Podcast for anything, um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and Instagram as no class podcast. On Twitter, we are no underscore class podcast. On Tumblr, we are no dash class podcast and Gmail. Look for us on our email. At podcast at gmail.com. Please continue to rate us um, on iTunes. Um, we're also accepting donations. If you would love to contribute to No Class in any way, you can send us donations via PayPal at no.class. Podcast at gmail.com, or you can contribute to our funds on Anchor. Um, follow the link on our social media pages and you will find that donation page. Um, do we have anything else that we want to add or share? Or?
1: Um, no, folks, just continue to look out for the Black Business Blast that no class are doing this month for February. And y'all stay melanated, hydrated, and glowed up. And we'll see y'all next episode.